Culture and Psychology by Dr. Saideh Malik Afzali, Dr. Daniel Rockers, and Dr. Alex Andrade from Tavana Organization. Tavana is a non-profit mental health organization organized in Sacramento, California. Tavana seeks to help individuals and families to strengthen their capabilities and to thrive. Aired on Saturdays and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock weekly. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. Uh, it's Sunday and I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade. And we um, want to talk about relationship. And I was sharing with my colleagues, there was a book I was reading. And in this book, one of the MFT uh, marriage family therapists who has been dealing with a lot of issues specifically with women in relationship, um, she wrote this book. And I was uh, just um, sort of summarizing the whole idea of the book. And we decided to talk about this. One of the things that uh, to begin the conversation and we can go on in general with any relationship, but she talks about um, relationships that one of the um, part of the um, two are controlling and um, the other person is very much in anxiety and worry. And she basically at the very end of this book recommends that the reason of the worry and anxiety is mainly because you want to control too much and you don't let things be as they are. And then having a conversation and talking about those issues rather than trying to change the other person, trying to control the other person. Um, so basically, it's a good topic to talk. What is it that in mainly each of us, there's a little bit of those controlling, whether we are women, we are men, and we don't let go of that because we often think what we think is the best and the way we do things is better than the other person. Um, not thinking that we have different maybe upbringing, we have different cultures, within cultures, um, we may not even know, so we may just be open to learning, but what is it that some people, um, they try to um, impose themselves in, in a relationship? Let's talk about this in general. This relationship could be work relationship, could be um, personal relationship, family relationship. What do you guys think? I think a lot of times in relationships, people struggle to tolerate uncertainty. And so what we'll do is we'll just kind of see it from our own uh, perspective and our own experience and think that, okay, this is the, the right way to do it, or this is how it should be done. Uh, it's something that uh, I always remind people, we can't help but see the world through our own eyes. And so a lot of times we can get fixated on that and, and think that, well, no, this is the only way that I can do it. I jokingly say, I don't mind being wrong, but uh, I do like everybody else I do. And so in a relationship, you know, there are lots of opportunities to be wrong person to be able to recognize, wait, I am seeing this from probably one perspective. I'm focusing on my experience because we're 
we're living our life. We're doing a lot of those day-to-day things. And we're having to sometimes step back to say, wait, what does it mean to see our, our partners, our significant others perspective in a way of not I'm, you know, they're right. And I'm wrong. This dichotomy, which puts us against each other, but more of a, okay, they're coming at it from maybe this way. And I'm coming at it from maybe my own experience or my own view on something. So it's, I think it's always important to be able to recognize, wait, we're, we're seeing the world through our own eyes. We are, we're invested in our experience. Do you think it's a normal thing then that we have a hard time seeing from others or it is a difficult thing? If so, why, why would it, why is that so hard? I think it's a skill to be able to take a step we're naturally inclined to do. it's something I think we're taught as we, we grow and we mature. If we think about it from a developmental perspective, you know, we think of a baby and all they care about is what they want and what they need. And so it's mine and no, and it's just how it infringes upon them. We learn that, wait, no, how does this impact others? Uh, you know, what is the, the, the contribution that that makes to others? And so it's not something where maybe even from a developmental perspective, you know, geared towards in a way. And if you doubt this, try to take a toddler's candy as they're eating it and ask them, oh, can I have some? of this, uh, you'll very quickly learn that, uh, yeah, they're not so uh, giving in the way that as an adult, we might feel like we're needing to share or considering the other person's experience. And yeah, maybe they want some too. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of other reasons too, as well. That was just one of the first that came to my mind. And, and the other thing uh, that uh, specifically um, I was just finding in between conversation that um, the author of this book was talking about was focusing on you in regard to improving yourself rather than picking on other people. And I thought this is, uh, this is really important. And it, it was a very good point that you start questioning yourself rather than questioning the other person and, and focus on um, making things in a better way in yourself rather than constantly questioning the other person in relationship. Uh, As an example, if you're working and uh, you're constantly complaining about your boss, um, one of the recommendation is just write down what bothers you about this person and uh, start thinking about um, how about you yourself in those regards, how do you actually evaluate yourself? What kind of issues you think you have when it comes to those parts of the character of the other person? And the other thing that is aside from this book, and it just came to my mind, one of the things that I was reading a poetry, and this poet uh, is um, one of the famous poets in Persian culture. Uh, his name is Sadi, and he, is, uh, he could be considered more a person of giving advice in a social setting because he was traveling a lot. He was learning from different cultures. And even his famous poem is on the top of the building in, um, 
United Nations. And he talks about human beings are like parts of the body that are that need to be connected. And if they're not connected, it's just like part of the body when it's missing, the other parts are uh, screaming and they're, they're not really functioning well. So his beautiful poem is on the top of United Nations. And I was reading one um, poem from him and it was very interesting because it's connected to what uh, Jung in regards to shadow and archetypes talks about that. And that actually brought this whole idea of how much uh, we are not considering of our shadow. Uh, and then that made me think that a lot of times maybe when we are not happy with some sort of relationship, whether it's work, whether it's personal, family member, those parts that we don't like is our own shadow. And we need to focus on that. And that really opened up a lot of things for me, uh, even not talking about this book or this ending part that we were talking about, but thinking about these shadow and archetypes and also um, the fact that we are very sensitive to specific things when we hear or when we run into in a relationship or anywhere in this, um, you know, context. Um, so I was wondering, what do you think? I think that it's pretty sound in terms of the idea of it. I think the execution in our modern society often falls a little bit short. And what I'm what I'm thinking of here is I'm conceptualizing what you're saying as if I find that I have difficulty with somebody else, then I should probably look in and see what inside of me is resonating there. And I think that if we apply that clumsily, it can feel like blaming the person who's having the difficulty. I am speaking from my own experience. Like when I was in college in the fraternity, I remember they had these, it was like a so-called mentoring session or they were trying to help. And I remember bringing up an issue like that with somebody else. And the very first response was, well, what are you doing to cause that? Mm -hmm. And it really felt like a backhand hit as I had opened myself up to try to understand what was going on. And I just think that it was a very clumsy application of it. And it didn't, it didn't get me to the place where I could look in at myself and understand what was going on. So I think that the execution of it is extremely important here. Alex, what's your take? Well, it just reminds me of the idea that, you know, we all contribute uh, to relationships. It takes two people to be involved in a relationship. And I think it's worth looking at what do we each bring to the relationship from our own past experiences in a way that we're being curious to grow and maybe develop and even heal the relationship versus it becoming a blame in that way. And I think that's what we do. I see a lot of times in relationships, these patterns will develop based on our kind of societal expectations, uh, sometimes gender expectations, and we'll end up reacting to that more so than actually what the person is doing. And so we end up setting ourselves up for a lot of conflict, a lot of stress, because then 
unbeknownst to ourselves, a lot of times those, those roles or those patterns are solidified. And then we're, we're, we're kind of hypersensitive to those things that we're anticipating our, our partner or significant other to do. And so, yeah, it just ends up leading us down a road of uh, feeling conflict, hurt, uh, and disappointment. So I think, again, it goes back to being able to see it from another perspective, recognizing it's not you're doing this to piss me off. It's more of, okay, this is a pattern that started to play out. We're both maybe playing into it and contributing to it more than we're meaning to or wanting to. How's the way that we can work on this? And you'll even notice in some of my language, and that's what I often encourage, even starting to unify individuals where the problem, we are working on the problem. It's not that you are doing this or I am doing this. Uh, that kind of pits us against each other. But if we can work on this problem that's developed, not because we chose it to be, nobody chooses to have conflict in their relationship, but we can choose to address it. We can choose to work on it. Side A, is the answer to this compassion? Is that really what we're talking about here? Um, I think it's uh, that and plus more going through yourself. So bring up self into a more in-depth thinking about your own behavior, your own cultural background, your own upbringing. Um, basically, unlike the, um, uh, you know, just looking at the problem in surface, I would say maybe just getting to know ourselves with how were we raised, how um, our parents were dealing with issues, how um, our, um, you know, schooling was, how our relationship with friends was. I think questioning and, and getting into your own self and um, finding out more about who you are, because a lot of times we are so bombarded with daily life issues that we forget about ourselves. We forget about giving time to find out about uh, what are the things that you don't like and what are those things that triggers your um, uh, response to different people or respond to different issues um, in a negative way or in a not so soft way. What are things that you know, are important to you in a relationship that you consider. Not many people, people's value is the same. Not many people's behavior is the same. How do you deal with that? Are you okay with dealing with different behavior, different values? Are you bothered by those? That gives you a lot of, um, you know, feedback to yourself and questioning it. Um, I mean, it doesn't, um, it's not easy. It's not for everyone. That's why there's so many psychologists helping. That's why so many um, marriage um, family counselors are out there because it's not easy to, to deal with it. Um, you know, if you're not professional, if you're not good at it, if you haven't read so much about it, if you haven't listened to so many um speech about it but one of the things i think it helps now that the uh, information is everywhere to research to read more 
to talk about it, uh, especially with friends, especially with people that you feel comfortable with, you gain a lot of information and you can start there. With that, we got to our first break. Shunwandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad, I guess the day tomorrow as Radio Bamdad be Zabani English Mishnavin, but as the radio tonu baskardin, man be hamkaranam Dr. Rakers and Dr. Andrade Rusay Shambu Yeshambe asate yek bad as asate davazat yek bad azor dar Radio Bamdad be Zabani English mozuat farhangi va ravanshanasiro ba ham sohbat mikonim va. پادکست های زیادی شاید حدود 170 یا بیشتر پادکست داریم که میتونین از طریق سپاریفای، از طریق گوگل، از طریق خود رادیو بامداد برین توی پادکست ها و صحبت های ما رو تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی با دکتر راکرز، دکتر اندراده و من سعیده ملک افزالی در ساعت های مناسب بشنوین برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت آشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجا این باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And if you just turn on your radio and you're listening to us on Radio Bomb.Dot, we were talking about relationship and we were talking about different aspects of relationship, um, starting from family members, uh, loved ones, work relationship. And we got to a point that we were um, Focusing on ourselves was the last part that we left with. So I want to um, have Dr. Rockers or Dr. Alex to pick up from here. Daniel, I think it's getting thrown over to you. I think that is probably true. So the beginning question that Side started with was a lot of the worry and anxiety having to do with trying to control too much in relationships and how does that work? And I think it can be useful if we look back at some things like attachment theory and the ideas along attachment theory and how well we may or may not be connected with another individual. And I'm sure the two of you can speak more eloquently about attachment theory than I, but my understanding of attachment theory is that we based on how we are raised with our parents, we might develop certain styles where we connect with other people. And it can be a secure attachment style 
or it can be a disorganized attachment style or an avoidant attachment style or an insecure attachment style. Different ways that we respond when there is the danger of what we feel like abandonment or it could be real or perceived fear of abandonment. And we've probably all gone through that sort of a thing. When we begin to connect with somebody in a relationship and then we have that uncertain time and we think all kinds of strange thoughts or maybe do things as far as texting or emailing or calling in ways that we ordinarily wouldn't act. And that can show us, well, what is our, our attachment style? And, or you may not do that. Maybe maybe I'm the only one who does that. <laughs> Could be me. <laughs> what do you guys think? What's your take on it? Not and, and it's not an invitation to comment on me, uh, uh, just on the topic uh, that we're talking about. Right, Alex? Uh, no comment then. No comment. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's very true. Our attachment style does tend to play a lot into it, too. It just reminds me, too, of how you'll even be met with surprise when a, a person has a healthy attachment style. And so uh, it's one of those things where people ask you, oh, you don't get jealous or like, oh, you don't, you know, you know, miss me and, you know, uh, stress about when we're going to see each other next. It's like, no, like, I know I'm going to see you again because we want to see each other. And so it's that idea that, no, I'm secure enough to know that those things are in place and that those things can happen. But I think to some degree, and again, I think this uh, speaks to psychology as a whole, it's not always that something is or isn't. There's a level that a continuum, if you will, where to some degree, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to wonder, like you said, in that way, Daniel, like, Oh, where, where do we sit? You know, as far as, you know, can I reach out to them? Uh, you know, I haven't heard from them in a couple of days, you know, did they forget about me? Uh, it's not uh, completely abnormal to think that uh, it may be abnormal to call an email 50 times. Uh, so yeah, Daniel, I'm not sure if that's what you were mentioning, oh, but uh, man. Just counting me on the air here. Just in general, good rule of thumb. Let's keep it in the single digits. Uh, Forty nine times. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, yeah, if you're doing any of those things, it definitely is worth examining your attachment style. But knowing, yeah, that that you know those things are normal to some degree. You're going to miss the person. You're going to wonder. Uh, but yeah, that it's something that is growing and developing. So there is that uncertainty, I think. And I think that's what breeds a lot of that discomfort. It's the uncertainty of what's going to happen. You know, what do I mean to them? Uh, what do they mean to me even in that way uh, versus uh, an established connection? in our relationship. Uh, and again, I think that's it can vary even for, for people, what it means to be established. Some people will say, oh, it's not enough to say we're dating or seeing each other, or that's my, you know, boyfriend, a girlfriend, a partner, or even sometimes it's not until somebody feels that they're married, that it's now a secure relationship. Sometimes even then it doesn't feel that way. So again, I think all of that can be informative information in regards to what does it mean to feel connected to another person, both on their actions and their behaviors, but then also too, like you mentioned earlier, what it brings up within us. Yeah. And I was uh, going to go back to the studies that um, has happened regarding the attachment. And it was the study of uh, the monkeys with the surrogate mothers of uh, wire mesh and the cloth mother and uh, how even though the wire mother was feeding the monkeys, but whenever they had issues, 
they were basically going to the cloth mother. And I thought um, this was, uh, this is just part of even human being that you like softness, you like, you know, everything be soft and, and nice. Um, and it's general in every culture It's part of the human being that the softness is um, part of your biological, probably um, as a human being is part of your biology that you are more attached to softness, to something that is not um, aggressive, something that is not, um, basically I go back to what you said Dan, that those types of attachment that we have been raised with, it's very important in who we are in our, um, in our relationship. Because um, if you have been raised with a mother who was so busy at the time that was feeding you, that attachment didn't happen the way it was um, time-wise, it was uh, connected-wise, uh, a mother who had so many other things in mind or maybe mentally involved in other things didn't give that much love yeah. and attention. Obviously, it may have a uh, uh, you know, affected you. So I go back to that because a lot of times, even in new psychology, people go back to that attach attachment. Yeah, I think that's a it's a core component to human beings that need for affection and warmth and that acceptance. I mean, thinking of it even from again a developmental perspective, you know, that's the what we need at an early point in our life, even to grow and develop. Uh, you know, of all the animals, uh, of a lot of the animals, I should say, we are one that comes into the world needing the most help and support. Um, you know, you'll see a baby deer, you know, born and they'll be walking within a few minutes. Uh, humans, it's, you know, be years before we're able to uh, support ourselves and help ourselves uh, in the world. So yeah, we need that, that care, that nurturing from a, a person, from another person. And so these, I, I think that's why these attachment styles as they're described is, are so core. It's, it's a, a part of our, our need for feeling supported and nurtured and love that happens not just on a physiological level as far as food and shelter, but then also too uh, emotionally and developmentally. Right. And also, I think we are pretty much predisposed to form an attachment. And even when um, you think about developmental growth um, in emotion, in um, attachment, um, a baby from six months old um, is is already attached to the caregiver and it's part of a, being a human being that we have those attachments early on and also showing emotions happens from early um, you know ages of growth and even now they say babies even in two months they can 
they can see and feel the attachment of the caregiver or people who come by and and they see their faces and their emotions. So we are getting into these type of researches more and more and find out more about the babies and attachment. And then we often forget about um, all these emotions and attachment part as a grown-ups that is part of us and is within us. So when we think about the softness, the uh, loving relationship or loving faces or calm faces that we run into during our um, day time and life and social um, connections and even friendship, we often that reflects um, and that reflection help us to become calmer, helps us to um, be off guard. So pretty much I think um, it's uh, part of us that we, we want uh, a relationship work. Nobody basically is in tune with something that is not um, that, that is not causing calmness, love, and, and that. And I think as a human being, uh, our emotions, our uh, mind is more in tune with things that work in a soft way. So for those reasons you're saying, that's the how we can understand the uh, Harlow's monkey experiment, the wire cage monkey versus the cloth experiment. That in some ways it's more reminding of our mother and it's more secure, it's more comforting, like that. I I um I mean personally I think um it is absolutely true and and that is a um foundation of uh, psychology of attachment that um Zimmerman talks about that early on regarding how they came up with this need for softness in human being. And they experiment that with monkeys and they realize that even though the monkeys were fed by the wire mesh monkeys, but whenever emotionally they were, they needed um, to be attached, they would go to the cloth mother, even though the cloth mother wasn't feeding them. So I'm just thinking in human being, um, feeding is a is a part for survival, but softness is um, needed for emotions, for emotional safety, for emotional being. So I think it's in each of us that that softness, that love, that care makes a huge difference. Imagine you're dealing with someone who is aggressive, who cause um, turbulent in your life, even if you're a soft person, even if you have a safe attachment, even life was basically and foundationally good for you. It's hard to go on with that type of behavior. And that's the time that you either need to end the relationship. If you work hard on the relationship, you help the other person. I mean, it takes a lot of effort from your part personally um, to get the other person, if it's important for you, whether it's a um, relative, whether it's a 
coworker, sometimes it's not that close relationship and you may just don't care. And But you definitely don't want to deal with that person. But let's say you happen to be dealing with that type of person in a close relationship, what's going to happen to you emotionally? You're not going to be comfortable. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to enjoy your life if you're dealing with someone who is constantly causing those turbulent in your life. So in that case, you definitely need to get help. You definitely need to work on your wants, your desire, and see is this the life that you want and you want to deal with it? Can If you can get help from professionals, is this relationship going to work? Or, or what, is, what is the next step? So talking about relationship is important to really be aware of all of this because sometimes we get used to become habitual to just say, yeah, I mean, what else can I do? I'm living with this situation. What else? But it's always there is something else that you can do. We got to another break. Shenvandigan Aziz, Radio Bamdad, man, behamrahe, hamkaranam, Dr. Rakers, and Dr. Andradim, Rusar, Hedmaitun, Hastim, Rusai Shambu, Yeshambes, Sedoy, Moroz, Radio Bamdad, Bezabone, Ingilisi, Mishnavin, Agar Kesani, Hassandar, Manzel, Kazgov, Tuguhoyemo, Estefodemikonan, Hoshmkonam, Azashun, Davat, Konim, Bebarnemimo, Tavajoto, Shaboshan, Zemnam, Podcast, Soiziodi, بیش از 170 پادکست در سپاریفای، رادیو بامداد، از طریق آیتون یا گوگل میتونین ما رو سرچ بکنین تحت تاپیک های مختلف به برنامه ما در ساعت مناسب توجه کنین برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, uh, two of uh, my colleagues uh, from Tampano organization. This is Saide Malik Afsali speaking. Uh, we, um, I, if you just turned on your radio and were not listening to us, the first two part of our conversation was in general about relationship and how do we deal with um, different types of um, attachment or what types of attachment do we have from childhood in our upbringing and uh, we um, extended this conversation uh, in different types of relationship we had and we ended up with um, as part as a human being uh, it's part of us biologically that we are um, we are at uh, we are in tune with softness. We are in tune with um, caring and uh, being cared for. So um, now we are sitting to continue the last part of our conversation regarding relationship. I think another useful theory for examining our actions and behaviors in relationships is uh, the psychodynamic theorist, Karen Horney. And her three ways of people, how people move in relation to each other or how we handle our insecurities in a relationship by moving in one direction or another. And she had three different ways that she talked about. One was moving towards people. One was moving against people. And one is moving away from other people. So people who move away from other people, they tend to leave People who move against tend to leverage other people or use them, or we can also think of that as an aggressive stance. And then people who move towards other people are leaning on them. They establish more deeper relationships with other people in a good way. Hmm. So those, I think, can also tell us a little bit about ourselves. If we look in and see, well, how am I doing in relation, in relation to my relationships? What do I do? Which way do I go? Do you guys have thoughts on uh, Horneye's movement and movement directions? Do you think that applies? I just wanted to just make a comment on that part. If you're moving towards people, you definitely are investing in other people. And then if you see something negative, if you see some aggression, if you see some avoidance like the other two groups, then what's going to happen? Are you going to be disappointed? Are you going to continue the way you behaved? Um, you continue going towards other people. Is it something innate or is it something we pick up and we learn while we are growing up in the society? These are my questions from Hornai. Good questions. Uh, yeah. Good. Daniel? Hornai to answer this maybe? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking because I want to go back to a very uh, example of, um, you know, myself. Um, I love to go to people. I love to get involved in a deeper level. But um, also when you are in that um, situation where you go to people, then um, if people are avoiding or people are showing aggression, um, I respect that and I immediately walk back. Uh, but I've seen people who continue going back to those people. 
they're trying to um, convince them, they're trying to get them back. But I feel like I respect however they are and I don't impose myself, but I love to get to know people. I love to get to a deeper level, but it's very much depending on how I face with them. But my question is, have you noticed how you take that? I mean, let's say you are that type of um, how Hornai express, which is like going to people in a different, deeper level. How would you respond to people who are against or who are um, the other kind, which was um, avoiding? How would you respond? Is this your natural way of doing whatever you do? Well, I think I think there, it's a tricky question. I think it's a tricky question to answer because there's a couple elements that go on. One is how do I think through it to understand it? And then the other is what emotions arise in me? And the thinking through it is a thing that to some extent I can have some control. The emotions that arise in me, they're coming up in and of themselves and you know, when we, when we have this fight, emotions versus thinking, mm-hmm. generally emotions are the winners on that one. Mm-hmm. They overpower us. Alex, what, what's your comment on this? Yeah, definitely. I think it's that initial jerk, uh, knee-jerk reaction when somebody is moving against us in that way. And it's not meant to better our connection, our relationship. Uh, it's, you know, people become apprehensive, defensive. Uh, we're going to react to something like that. I think it makes it difficult to be compassionate or empathetic if somebody's doing that and say, oh, well, what are, must they be going through? And, you know, how are they, you know, raised? And what's contributed to those things? No, we're like, why is this well being? You know, another way of thinking about these two, the moving towards, moving against, and moving away about this, is that, is it a state or is it a trait? In other words, is, or is it a way that I'm just doing it in this particular moment for a particular need? And then we have to just examine, is it helpful or not helpful? Is that moving us in the direction that we really want to go in our life overall? Mm. I think those are important considerations so i want to reiterate what you said um, or maybe even make sure that i understood what you said or not and that is um, you said emotion comes first so it's winner so you you're not at a point to really think through when you are interacting with someone who is uh, against or he's avoiding so uh, in that case, the emotions naturally would kick in, right? And you show your emotions um, towards what you get and what you hear. So can you say your question again then? Um, I want to understand what you actually brought up because you said my question first was, if you're a type that you are... Um, you get into getting to know people, you get to the deeper level of people. Uh, one of the three types that Hornai um, talks about and you brought it up. But then um, if you are dealing with someone who is not that type, 
is either against or avoidance, then my question was, how would you deal with that? The way I understand you mentioned that um, your emotion comes out however um, you respond, but I wanna know, is this emotion back to you who are getting to know people in a sincere way and deeper way? But how do you deal with those people? I, I just didn't catch exactly how you deal with that as a person who is specific type. The best answer I can give you is I think we have to be able to deal, if our emotion, our emotions may get in the way of our dealing with that other person. So we have to navigate our own emotional state first, because if my emotional state is causing me to want to go away or want me to be angry towards them, then that's probably going to interfere with some constructive movement. So yes, I think we have to pay attention to our own emotions. That's a very important part of that. And to the extent we can do that, then we can respond skillfully to the other person if they are moving away or moving against. Otherwise, what happens is we just get in this reflexive knee-jerk battle, kind of like what Alex was saying, where they respond and I respond, and then the whole thing escalates and goes in a bad direction. Yeah, I think along those lines, too, it is important to reflect on our emotions. There can be something valuable in that. The fact that we're hurt, offended, frustrated. It's not to say that those are bad in of themselves. They can be telling us that, you know, this person is approaching us a certain way. But in, and so recognizing the emotion as well as even some of the thoughts that we have with it. So we can kind of choose how we want to move through that. We often uh, say we can't control other people, but we can control how we respond or how we react. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's not comfortable. Doesn't mean it doesn't come with some emotion. But it is something where we don't just have to fall into that trap of they're approaching this a certain way. Therefore, we're going to respond in a certain way. And um, the other question is, how about your immediate reaction as a person uh, who faced with something? Um, how do you control that immediate uh, uh, emotions? I know it takes time. It takes a lot of practice. Um, so maybe... Don't be immediately um, affected, right? Just think through, uh, deep breathe, um, you know, think about what you're saying. It's not easy with everybody. It's not easy even with us that we constantly work with people. But still, um, is there any recommendation for listeners? Because what I like to know is what would be the steps for our listeners who deal with different types of people who may show avoidance, aggression, they're not your type. Um, how, do you do, how do you deal with them? What would be the best practical way? Well, from my perspective, it's self-awareness is the number one element. We have to have an awareness of what gets evoked in myself based on them and for me to realize I, emotions are a part of me. I don't have to do everything my emotion dictates. Alex, what do you think? What's your? Uh, that's a great answer. You. That's exactly what I would have. Said. <laughs> I was channeling no, you, Alex. No, you, I know. Honestly, I mean that's that's spot on. It is. Uh, that's one of the first things that I work with people on is that self awareness, and it is, I think, one of the most challenging things sometimes because we know how we feel, 
but to really reflect and examine on not just how we're feeling, but how that contributes to our interactions or communication. Uh, and then also too, as I mentioned earlier, the patterns that end up getting built because of that. And so uh, really the self-awareness is, is key to so much more of the therapeutic process and, and just even learning how to navigate uh, interactions and communications, because I would say it's not about how you're supposed to handle the communication or the interaction. It's how you do it. We all have these parts of us that may end up responding a little differently. I may be more irritable or frustrated when responding to these things. That's not bad. That's just maybe something I need to learn and know about myself that, yeah, that's maybe the initial emotion that comes up. But because I know that about myself, I can uh, kind of allow that emotion to exist and then move through it to get to that kind of rational, logical place. So I can use it as not, it won't be a hindrance or a block from interacting in the way I want to, but instead it will facilitate that so that I can engage more uh, in the lines of what I'm wanting to do while not criticizing or being overly harsh uh, uh, toward myself because of those emotions that I experience. Very well said. And um, now we can get into our final statements regarding relationship, regarding the issues we discuss, um, the shadow, the um, archetypes from, um, you know, um, Jung, who is a famous uh, psychologist from Zimmerman regarding the um, biological disposition of the care and love that we each have in ourselves and the attachment issue we talked about. And then at the very end, um, the Harnai uh, who talks about different types of people that we are and then the self-awareness. So let's jump in and finalize our conversation. This is uh, Dr. Rockers. I would go with thinking about yourself. Just look at how you are with respect to relationships. Are you typically, do you move away from, do you move towards relationships or when you're under stress or feeling not very secure? Do you move away from people? Do you move towards people? Do you move against people? What would you say you are? And Think about another way. What would other people say you are? How would other people see you? Those can give you some good examples or answers on where to go. I want to build on what Daniel mentioned earlier, uh, the idea of state versus trait. I think that can be a good starting point too of that self-awareness. When you're in a situation, it's always worth asking, you know, what about this situation? You know, what what does this situation invoke within me? And how might somebody else respond to this? And that starts to give us some understanding. Is this something about me or is this something about the situation? And again, not in a way of it's good or bad or right or wrong, but more of a, a greater understanding of ourselves. Situations are going to elicit some emotion, some reaction, and probably a lot of people can relate to some of the things that you're thinking and feeling. But then there are also those things that are uniquely us, those traits, if you will, that we bring to a situation. And and I often encourage, like, don't start with a a fight or a conflict. Uh, That's a harder place to kind of have that, that, that open examination or reflection. 
but instead start with some of those everyday things where you're interacting with somebody or just out in the world, kind of seeing what comes up for you, what stands out. Again, great way to build that self-awareness. Absolutely. And uh, same as what you said, and also just a recommendation, as we often talk when you're dealing with situations, um, always just remember, as you too mentioned, is it the situation that is causing this issue? Is it me that is thinking um, differently? Um, so question that. By questioning, you get to know yourself more. And also, we are a lot of uh, different things that has happened to us as a child as the way we have been growing up um, so start thinking about um, is it worth taking this too seriously is it because i'm sensitive uh, due to certain factors in my life and um, self-awareness, again, as Dr. Rockers um, mentioned, I think is a key. When you get to know yourself, you can deal with different things better. And um, just keeping the balance as always, you know, we often go towards um, something more so than being in center and always uh, try to keep the balance in everything. So with that, I want to thank my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade for another session and conversation and wish everyone to have a wonderful week ahead. Oh,
سهارا سلیبی از کجای این باور آمد که گرود سر بر نگردد سر Sing us, sing us, sing us.